You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go. Beautiful day out there, man. Awesome. I went for like a 45-minute walk before the show just to clean out the cobwebs. Beautiful zinger. We're at the point now. Where it's getting frosty out, where it's killing some of the bugs. Still a few maple bugs around, but this, if it could be like this for a year, not for a year, for at least like a month and a half, I'd be happy. Another month and a half. I've always said this time of year is the best, man. All the sports are on. The autumn wind. The uh, autumn wind. I can't believe I just said that after what that team did to me. It's awesome. Yeah, so the... uh, Baseball playoffs are continuing, and right now, like we've got, it's so awesome. We got the NHL's fired up. The WHL is in full swing. U Sports football's coming down the backstretch. We're into the PFC playoffs, down to the PFC championship, and the regular two combatants will get at it. Thunder and Hilltops. We'll talk to Coach Scott McCauley in about 10 minutes' time. The Thunder. Um, you got the CFL coming down the backstretch. Well, I mean, Calgary and Saskatchewan are stumbling out. Look like they're stumbling out of a bar on Dudney. That's their playoff race. But anyway, yeah, we're we're headed down the backstretch in the CFL. Nicely into the NFL. College football down south. Like this is the best time, man. I had an awesome, awesome, awesome weekend. So I just aren't start, you tired? Like I'm exhausted. Man. But uh, Texas is beating Houston four nothing in baseball, and I picked Texas and Philadelphia to be in the World Series. I predicted the exact last four teams. Actually, I've got Texas and Philadelphia in the World Series. Did you know, my fine friend, that three of the four stadiums are indoors? The only one that's outdoors is Philly, and I think that's going to be the big difference. That is the intangible. The Phillies will win that series. How, do, how do you see it? How do you see it? Yeah, I think it's going to be Texas versus. Uh, Philadelphia. Me too. And I, I think Texas is going to win the World I think Series. So. I think so. No one's stopping that train no, right lo- now. They're looking good, man. Right now, uh, four nothing in the top of the second. They got one on with two out there. Would be their first ever World Series as well. They've never won a World Series. Never. Oh, it's awesome, man. I'm cheering for them, and I'm cheering. For, well, I'm kind of cheering for Arizona too, but I know they're not going to win that one. Okay. They yeah. lost back to back World Series. Texas did in 2010, 2011. Yeah, that's the last say. time they've been to the ALCS. Whereas. Uh, Houston's been uh, there seven straight times. In fact, Verlander is, was six and zero in game ones for the Houston Astros, and he went down yesterday. Montgomery outdueled him, and then uh, Leota Tavares hit the Tavares hit the uh, home run for uh, the Texas Rangers. Okay, so um, Zinger. I, I had a football weekend, man. I went to Calgary, watched the Riders. I still can't believe they lost that game. I still can't believe we didn't slam the door shut and win that game. Uh, anyway, Riders uh, lose, leaving the door open for Calgary to uh, knock them out of the playoffs. To be quite honest with you, I don't know that either team... I don't want to say the word deserves, because guys work their asses off, so I don't want to use say they don't deserve it. But they certainly... 
Those two teams aren't playoff worthy, in my opinion. Not the way they're playing right now. That was an awful game to watch in terms of, you take it. I don't want it. No, you take it. I don't want it. And so uh, it comes down to this. Rough Riders beat Toronto on Saturday. They'll know already when they take to the field. If Calgary loses to BC a game, you could attend there in BC. And BC's going to play. They're going to play hard because they're still in the running for first. So I fully expect... Yeah, it's going to be a good game. I, I don't even think so. I think Calgary's going to get smoked. I mean, like, meaningful for yeah, both teams. Yeah, both teams, you're right. I think BC wins, and if BC does win, then Saskatchewan, all they got to do is beat Toronto to make the playoffs. Now, we've been saying that for the last couple of weeks. I'm not holding out a lot of hope, but... There is still hope for a playoff berth. But Zinger, I started at McMahon Stadium in Calgary. Ben Major and his crew dragged that game out with terrible calls and talking to each other, dragged it out. I landed at 1.45 in the morning with the riders, got in my vehicle, drove to White City. My buddy Ryan Robinson met me. We drove all night, like from... 245, we roll, we lose an hour, we roll in at 1130, we get to our hotel, which is adjacent to the Alaris Center, we walk over, and we are settled in our seats, and we are ready to go. NDSU against UND, the Fighting Hawks, the home of Scott Schultz and Weston Wrestler. They have not beat NDSU in 20 years. The opening kickoff, which is usually a touchback, taken by, would mean nothing to any of you, but my son's teammate, Luke Skokna, a little small little guy that's really been turned on to the CFL now. He's a running back slash returner. Thanks to my son. They all come over and watch the game. He'd love to play in the CFL. He bursts up the right sideline right past his bench, which I always think is cool when the guys are waving you on. And he blows down the sidelines. We take the opening kickoff yard, and we never look back. We won 49-24. to We beat NDSU, ninth-ranked team. It was a foot. And then I drove back yesterday. It was a great weekend of football. First time in how long? 20 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. Ethan Ball at three tackles. See how that goal line? Hammer he mm-hmm. dropped on the guy. Yeah, he played so, Rider fans, so we're a little pissed off by what we're seeing from the from the home team. But that's just the way that it goes. Who do North Dakota play this week? Uh, we got uh, a U- Nor- I want to say UNI or is that Northern Iowa? Northern oh, University of yeah, Northern Iowa. Kurt Warner's team. UNI. We got to go. We got to go to UNI. Yeah. yeah, I think we go to UNI. That's right. Yeah. And then the uh, Panthers. We really. They could win out. They could win out and finish nine and two, which would be really cool. Maybe playing for a natty. Who knows? But Ethan, they, they we stormed the field after we won. That's how big a game it was. Did like, you Ethan, go on the field? Uh, yeah, but I let. Like I'm a 51 year old man. Come I'm not going to storm the charge. No, no, no. I took my time, but like he, <laughs> he led the somebody charge. tried to steal his glove, and somebody tried to uh, stole his towel and autographs. Glory goes, Dad. I almost suffocated in that thing. <laughs> he was a so, celebrity. That was great, man. Well, it was just awesome to see them win. It's great when that, like you were. Those kids work so hard, just like Rams would do here, like Huskies, and. And to have a um, something like that happen, it makes it all worth it. And know? North Dakota's hockey team beat Wisconsin yeah. the same night. And you couldn't get that into place a place. Must have been bumping. Oh, it was. You couldn't get into a <laughs> bar anywhere. I didn't try. I went home to bed at nine o'clock, but I dropped my son off at the bar. Wisconsin Badgers is yeah. one good hockey team. Yeah, they were. They, it was a great weekend uh, tonight in the NHL. Calgary's at Washington. Chicago at Toronto. Austin Matthews is a little hot. He has scored two straight hat tricks in the first two games. Uh, Connor Bedard comes to town. He's got a goal and two out. 
scalpers on the air. Florida at Jersey, Arizona at the Rangers, Detroit at Columbus. How about the Pats? They swept Alberta on the weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that. Pat chat before the show's done. Monday Night Football. Dun, 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 dun. Actually, that's not what it is. I can I can feel it coming in the air. It's a Chris Stapleton and Snoop Dogg. Cowboys are one and a half points uh, favorites over my Chargers. I'm going with the better quarterback. I think Herbie. I think Herbie gets it done. I think the Chargers. The Chargers. Should win this I one. I picked three bets. I picked Moneyline Chargers. I got Keenan Allen over 71 yards receiving, but less than seven and a half catches. And that game's in L.A., right? Yeah. That's a quick turnaround. The Rams played there last yeah, night. Yeah, I didn't have anybody at that game. 25,000 showed up for the Charger, or for the Rams and the Cardinals. Uh, it's Rams? deceiving, too, because you look, and it still shows like the paid attendance. It says like 60-something Yeah, thousand, but it was like twenty five grand. That's crazy. Uh, uh, also today, the IOC officially approving baseball, softball, cricket, flag football, lacrosse sixes, and squash for the inclusion in the 2028 Olympic Games in LA. So we're going to have Jim Mullen on to talk about it, the president of Football Canada. There's, I was thinking immediately, that's a that's an avenue for guys like, um, I don't know, say like a Sawyer Bittner or a Mason Nias. Or a Noah picked, and those kind of guys that never got a shot, they could be, they could legitimately be Olympic gold medalists, Olympians. That, that's cool, actually. What did Mason like? Mason Nias's team won the won the Natty yeah, here in they Canada. Just, so. They threw a team together and went there. Yeah, so maybe they'll be in the Olympics. Yeah. Huh? Olympic that's gold so far, That's so far away, though. That is four year, four years, four five years, years, five years. Ah oh, man. Hey, you'd be a 30-year-old guy a, chucking the rocker. I'll be 40 years old by the time they take not Five be, years? Ooh, no, yeah. 30, 36. Yeah. I'll be in the mid. I'll be in my mid-50s. You'll be a 65-year-old man. No, I won't. <laughs> ah, man. You jerk. Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> we'll talk a little U-sports football, little uh, PFC football next. But first, let's take a walk down memory lane. This is what we call Rider Rewind. Sean rolling to his right, and he got sacked by Pete Robertson, his sixth quarterback sack. Great Dolagala under pressure, and Dolagala got sacked. He hurls it down the right seam, and it's caught by Sam Emelis. He got tattooed. Pascal puts his right foot into it. It is up, and it is gone. So he makes his first field goal as a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. The Aussie holds it. The Aussie kicks it. Morrow on a drop play straight up the middle. Cuts back to his left. And Jamal Morrow with a great run. Gets a handoff. Bounces it off the left side. He's to the end zone. Touchdown. Saskatchewan. Dolagala takes the snap from Godfrey. He's going up top. Down the left side. Was that caught? Oh, my goodness. A great catch by Sean Bain Jr. Over the shoulder grab. Puts the placement down. The kick is on the way from the right-footed kicker. He's gone. Ryan Mescal puts the ball down. The kick is on the way from Paradis. And the firefighter by day, field goal kicker by night, puts it through on the final play of the opening half. Pulls it down, stumbles, running to his left. He's going to sling it. It's complete out here. Down the sidelines. What a great play by Sam Emelis. Tippy-toeing and twisting and turning. Here's the hold by Korzak. 43-yard field goal from right to left. The kick by Mescal is good. Cutting to his right, trying to get outside.
He's at the 20, and he'll twist ahead, lost the ball, and the Calgary Stampeders recover it. Mario Alford, we said he needed to be better. Mayer takes the shotgun snap from Sean McHugh and throws down the middle. That time it's cut for the touchdown. Floyd Allen has his first as a Calgary Stampeder. Dolagala throws to the right, picked up by Cam Judge, far side. He's going to score. Cam Judge walks into the end zone. He threw it right to him, right in his chest in the number four. Out of the hole of Korzak, his fellow countryman from 31. Kick is on the way. He nailed it. Tied at 19. Mayer on second down. He's going up top down the left sideline for Hakanavanu. He caught it. Luther Hakanavanu. Here's Tommy Stevens and the former Penn State Nittany Lion like a hot knife through butter. Goes in and slams the football down. Fireworks red and white in color into the Calgary sky. And I don't know what happened, but Calgary's got the lead. Kean Schaefer Baker, Dolagala stands in the pocket. Dolagala's got time. He's going to step up. He can't run. He's sacked. And she's over. Well, I don't know if he got sacked. He got a yard, but it's over. The game is over. 40 seconds to go, and that'll do it for the Rough Riders controlling their own destiny now in terms of the playoffs. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. 936-6262, the number to text. You think the Riders are making the playoffs? Are they going to find a way to get in? Yeah. Let us know. What do you thought? What do you think your football team? Uh, another football team was victorious. That was uh, Scott McCauley's Regina Thunder defending PFC champs are headed back to the PFC championship game against the Saskatoon Hilltops. Hilltops are nine and zero. The Thunder with their playoff winner seven and two. They're only two losses to the Hilltops. And let's talk to Scott McCauley right now. Okay, Scott, uh, I was driving home, uh, checked it out on Twitter, and then um, I, I got a bunch of uh, messages. So, did you get help from the referee? Tell us about this timing situation at the end of the game. Apparently, here's what I heard. Correct me if I'm wrong. Your quarterback kneels down, but there's still 13 seconds on the clock. But you guys got a chance to run another third down play and kill the clock. Clean this up for us. What happened? <laughs> It sounds like whoever's telling you that information needs to understand football a little bit more. But uh, what happened? Bottom line is, like, the last three minutes, what ends up happening is there's 24 seconds left in the clock. Mm-hmm. So 24 seconds left in the clock, and they have one timeout. You're able to knee it out. So what will happen is that they blow it in, the ball will be snapped, and then you take one, two steps back, and the clock should go down, say two seconds. Mm-hmm. They call a timeout. It's 22 seconds left. You do the same thing, and you get it down to like 20 seconds or less. And then what ends up happening now, so we got it down to 20 seconds, and then when they go to blow it in, the clock should run, as well as the play clock, right, the 20-second mm-hmm. clock, and also, like, the, the, the main time thing. So they should be, at that point, in sync. So there's 20 seconds left in the clock. Whoever's running the clock upstairs didn't reset the 20-second uh, clock. And so what ended up happening is that, like, all of a sudden, our quarterback who watches the 20-second clock, he doesn't watch the main one, he watches the 20-second clock, is watching that, and he knows that once it gets down to, like, one ball snap, he takes it two steps back, knees it out, we're done. Yeah. Uh, so that happens, he snaps it, but then all of a sudden there's, like, 13 seconds left in the main clock because uh, somebody made an error. So, uh, yeah, so then, of course, you're the other team. You just lost your season, and they're going to be pissed off because 
you know, that they're also getting four downs instead of three, but really at the end of the day, it was an error on the officials or the uh, clog people's part. Yeah. Uh, human error. They just yeah. had to fix it. It took them three minutes, which made it even more dramatic. And then we, uh, we won the game. <laughs> How's that handshake work after, though? Was he fuming when he went yeah. to shake his hand? Yeah, he was. But, you know, I just, he goes four downs. I go, hey, I know. But human error, they got, they, they did the right thing and he agreed. So, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know what he's trying to do is pump up. His team for next year, like, we got scared over, and now we're going to go in the tweets and recruit players, and we're coming back to win, <laughs> you know, the sell brand. Oh, you, know? you, you, you coaches are just mind benders. I get it. I understand. Okay, so how do you get – how are you feeling after that one? How do you get your team pumped up going into next week's game? They smoked Calgary. You guys played the Huskies, and it was a 20-17 to 17 game. Should we read too much into that close finale? Well, you know, we played the Huskies back to back, and I'm just going to go into complacency. Um, you know, sort of place in with some of our players. Like we came out very slow, and I thought we we didn't our offense didn't have a very good first half, and then also we got the run game going in the second half. So, you know, I, I don't know why we'll we'll look into it. Maybe after the season, I don't really care anymore. We're off to the hilltops, and our guys don't like them, and they don't like us. And if they can't get rolled up and ready to rock and roll for this weekend, then. And we got the wrong dudes in place here. Uh, tell me about the quarterback change. Ethan Hug uh, leads you to victory or is a part of the victory. Tell me the mentality behind that. Well, Carter, Carter Moberg was our, named our starter at the beginning of the year. And the very first three games, he, he did exceptionally well. He did a great job throwing the ball and completion rates and all that kind of stuff, being a, a leader amongst men there. Uh, he struggled. Um, against the Hilltops and also the Wildcats, or the Rifles game. But he actually had torn uh, his MCL. And we actually thought he was maybe going to be out for the, the rest of the year. But he's only a great two, so he had to take two or three weeks off. In the meantime, uh, Ethan Hug, who actually at the start of the year was our third-string quarterback, uh, was given the reins. And we knew that he was super smart. We knew that uh, there was a possibility if he gets a chance to play that he was never going to give it back. Like, Stephen Edson has been always very, very high on him. Uh, so the long story is this, is that Carter Moberg um, came back from, from his injury and he was able to play. He had a great week of practice and we thought that, you know, uh, we were going to give him an opportunity to, to start the game and see what he what he had. There's no reason why he lost it. He just lost because he got hurt. And uh, bottom line is that uh, he wasn't playing to the level that we wanted him to play after, you know, first quarter in a little bit and we made the change and put Ethan Hug in and it seemed to give our players a little bit more of a spark and that's how that's how we rolled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you guys rolled to victory twenty to seventeen. So you go in there against the uh, Saskatoon Hilltops. The uh, the downside is you have lost two games. The upside is it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. And when you were in there last time, you kept them to without a touchdown. So I'm sure you're going to be using that in your speech this week. Yeah, I mean, there's the whole thing that, you know, I can remember when we beat the Hilltops two times one year, Sarge's on the radio saying, it's tough to beat a team three times, and he's trying to get in everyone's heads and stuff. Like, it's a one-game playoff. I mean, our guys need to understand that they're going to come and give us their best, and we're going to give them our best. I just know that the last time we played, you're right, we, we didn't allow a touchdown, but I felt that the physical game, I felt like we won that game. 
uh, in regards to like you know our guys coming out and laying some big hits and some big blocks, and that's what we're going to do this time as well. We're going to come out and try to punch them in the mouth and, and, and figure it out from there. One o'clock kickoff in Saskatoon at SMF Field. How important is it for you to get a nice fan base coming down the old Trans Canada Highway or Highway Eleven, I guess, to cheer on your team? Well, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great football game. You got some of the top. Um, you know, football players in our province that came from local areas in this province playing in a, in a championship game, and it's always a it's always a battle between both teams. And I think everyone's going to have a be able to watch great football. But more importantly, when there's a huge crowd, I think these players deserve it. The atmosphere in Saskatoon is amazing. We love playing there. Um, and uh, we're encouraging everybody to get down there and support us. I love this guy. Great coach, great recruiter. Good luck defending your crown, man. You are the defending PFC champs. Go punch him in the mouth and take your crown home again. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Take care. That's Scott McCauley, head coach of the Regina Thunder. So this guy was on the mic. This guy right here was on the mic. He was on the mic for the Rams trying to keep their season alive against the Manitoba Bisons They in terms of the playoffs. They came up just short, but here's the... Ram Rewind for you. As Nathan Udo comes to the line of scrimmage, play action as Dashinsky's going to roll near side left and he's going to shovel it forward. Wide open in the end zone. Touchdown, Deshaun Lejeur. Third and goal from the five-yard line as Owen Seaman gets the low snap. He's going to lob this one near side the field in the corner for Soko! Touchdown! Regina! What a leaping grab by Rylan Sokol. Owen Seaman awaiting the shotgun snap here on first down. He gets it, play action. He's standing in the pocket. He's going over the middle and it's picked off. Number two, Marcus Bakru. Rams down by seven, first and ten from the Bison. 21, high snap, gets it down, handoff. Erickson has a seam up the middle. Ten, five, dives into the end zone. Touchdown, Regina. What a run by Marshall Erickson. And the Rams are back in this ball game. He's back to pass. He's looking downfield, near side of the field, looking for man and it's intercepted going the other way number 24 Sebastian Reed picks off Seaban Maya Turner a 48 yard field goal attempt the pin the kick it's a good one and it is Good! Wow. Turner, a low nope. driving kick. This one is going to be wide left and it's brought out of the end zone now. Look by out. Appel. He's across the 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, midfield 50, 45, 5 30, 5 20, 50. He's going to go all the way. Five. Touchdown. Regina getting Appel. Bison's have it on the Rams 45. Back to pass to Shitsky. Finds his man complete over the middle. That's Brady. Smith inside the 15, 10, 5. He's going to take it all the way. Touchdown. Manitoba. Steven in the gun. Chest high. Rolls near side right. He's looking into the end zone. He's going to tuck in a run. 5. Dives for the pylon. Touchdown. Regina. Anderson motions in now. Dashinsky play action. Tucks it. He runs across the right edge. And he dives into the end zone. Touchdown. Manitoba. The Manitoba Bisons defeat the U of R Rams. 41-34. The final score on the Agra Sports Regina scoreboard. Hello.
I'm almost Johnny Cash. North America's number one tribute to the legendary Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings are making a special appearance at the Turvey Center in Regina, Thursday, October 19th. David James and Big River will deliver hit after hit during this huge night and take you on a journey through the years of these two legends. Relive Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings like never before, October 19th at the Turvey Center. Tickets available at turveycenter.com or call 306-924-7599. with the sports ticker. Game 2 of the ALCS happening right now on the Texas Rangers. They already are up in the series one game to nothing, and they have a 5-1 to one lead over the Houston Astros right now in the top of three. So, Houston, we might have a problem. I was waiting all day to say that one. Arizona, Philadelphia, game one tonight in the National League Championship Series. That one uh, starts up at 6.07 p.m. Saskatchewan time. Each week, the Sports Cage highlights a coach making a difference both on and off the playing surface. This is the Coach of the Week. Well, our Coach of the Week has to be Chris Morris of the Alberta Golden Bears football team. The ninth-ranked Golden Bears orchestrated a seven-play, 65-yard drive in the final minute of regulation, capped off by a 33-yard Jonathan Giustini field goal as time expired to secure the 23-20 win over the U.S. Huskies Saturday afternoon at Foot Field. Starting the drive in their own 20 with 67 seconds left, the Golden Bears gained 65 yards on four pass completions and three rushes, including a 23-yard run from Matthew Peterson, putting the Bears in field goal range. So... The Golden Bears are first in Can West at 5-1. The U of S Huskies dropped the 4-2 and two in second. And because the Dinos knocked off UBC, the Thunderbirds dropped the third. And the Manitoba Bisons are fourth. But our Coach of the Week this week, Chris Morris of the Alberta Golden Bears. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the show. Time to talk some NFL football. We get the Monday night game tonight. My team, the Chargers, against the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get to that in a few minutes. I'm joined on the Western Pizza Hotline by one of our NFL experts, Andy McNamara. Andy, you're a big Cleveland Browns fan. And Ooh. when we're going winners or losers after the last Sunday's action, one of my winners has to be Jim Schwartz. What a great hire by the Browns. I told you the Browns would be good this year. They beat the 49ers <laughs> without Deshaun Watson, but they're doing it with the best defense in the NFL. They sure were, man. I hope you're feeling as good as I am after uh, Monday night with the uh, the Chargers win. But, man, like this was absolutely huge. And remember, too, it was without Deshaun Watson, without Nick Chubb, without their future Hall of Fame left guard, Joel Batonio. And it was ugly. It was nasty. It was wet. It was cold. But guess what? That defense made Brock Purdy look like the last pick in the NFL draft, didn't he? Absolutely, man. That was the first time where, well, it's been funny because that's the first loss they've suffered with him at quarterback, ending a 15-game win streak in the regular season, which is unheard of. And let's be honest, McCaffrey went out, 
Debo Samuel was out, but hey, you guys had to take care of them to knock them out of the game. But my thing is this. He has never had to do that before, bring his team back. And he did at the end, mm-hmm. in fairness to him. But they missed the uh, 41-yard field goal. Oh, thank God. Uh, another <laughs> another winner. <laughs> I love that. Another winner. <laughs> another winner, the New York Football Jets. They knock off yep. the Philadelphia Eagles. Four turnovers, three interceptions from Jalen Hurts. Like, the Eagles have been good. But they haven't been great this year. And kudos to the Jets. Who would have thought Rodgers goes down four plays in? They're three and three. Uh, absolutely wild. And that was the other remaining undefeated team. So now with the 72 Dolphins, whoever's left alive there, can uh, toast, uh, have their champagne, their annual champagne drink, yeah. whatever the last undefeated team loses. Yeah, great for the Jets. Absolutely, again, unbelievable. Nobody would have picked that, uh, myself included, just like the Browns over the, the 49ers. And it was a case where the Eagles were suffering through some injuries and et cetera, but really they should be winning that team. And I bet you we see whatever the line is, whoever the opponents are for the Eagles or 49ers next week. I don't, I don't even have to know who they are, Balzi. I'm taking both those teams because now the coaches have something to say, look, you're not perfect. Now we have to overcome and use that as a rallying cry. So another winner has to be D'Amico uh, Ryans and the Houston Texans, another three and three team. They beat the New Orleans Saints. Uh, C.J. Stroud uh, threw his first career uh, pick, but he's been looking pretty good. He's been looking exceptional. And isn't it interesting? Because we were talking in the draft process, right? I said, without a shadow of a doubt, C.J. Stroud should be the first overall pick. Forget Bryce Young, great college player, yada, yada. But Baldy, guy who's the size of me and you, come on now. Right? Well, we, we can't run away from 300-pound guys, neither can Bryce Young. And what happened was in Carolina, uh, I don't know if your listeners have, have heard, it was sort of like you know, leaked and indirectly said, but head coach Frank Reich essentially was saying like, Hey, uh, Bryce Young was um, the owner's pick uh, me and uh, the quarterback coach. We like CJ Stroud better. So they're trying to cover their tracks. Never a good sign. And, and you see poise readiness. And what stood out to me for CJ Stroud from day one, I knew this ballsy when he was getting drafted, that guy overcame from his first play at Ohio state, all the spotlight. So you're not going to get a, uh, you're not going to be intimidated by the bright light bigger. You could argue, Bigger spotlight for Ohio State than playing for the Texans. He overcame the first couple of games where people want to run him out of town, and he took all of that. He grew, and now he's a hell of a uh, NFL quarterback. And you beat Save Juwan but Derek Carr. That guy is above average, and he can win you some ball games. And the Texans are now five hundred. Let's laugh together, loser. <laughs> Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. <laughs> one and one and five. McCorkle's not looking so good. The, the Patriots are not looking so good. The big question after this season is done is will Kraft dump Belichick? Boy, wait, you know what's so funny, Baldy? All the Patriots, these fake fans, all the apologists, oh, they're, they're going to play uh, Malik Cunningham. Yeah, that's the answer. Oh, Malik Cunningham was under center for one plate and he got stacked for five yards. How you like that? Uh, how about you grunt about that, you hoodie-wearing son of a gun, Bill Belichick? Good Lord. I love it. It's, it's great. And here's the thing. If you're a snarky SOB all these years and you're winning, fine. But then when it inevitably crumbles, you will get yours and you have to eat it. And that's what the, the Patriots are having to do. Um, uh, what I'm hearing right now is quite possibly if it probably won't be a, quote, firing or probably some mutual because he does, Belichick does deserve, obviously, yes. the uh, respect. Right? But I'm hearing... It, like, he's definitely not going to be quitting. He wants to, by hook or by crook, if he's breathing, he wants to beat Don Shula's record. And I'm hearing it's Washington. New billionaire owner, Latsamula, wants to make a splash. 
Ron Rivera doesn't have to say it's not his guy. It's Belichick leaves New England. He's going to Washington. Well, we you you have to. It's it's been proven over the years. Chuck Knoll, Tom Landry. Yep. The the list All goes on. the the list goes on and on. If you don't have an elite quarterback, somebody directing your team, you don't win. And Bill Belichick's finding that out. Hey, look at this! Another mm-hmm. another loser. The Titans lose to the Ravens, but how about Ryan oh. Tannehill? Seventh pick in six games. He gets carted off with a an ankle injury. His team failed to eclipse sixteen points for the fourth time, mm-hmm. and now any trade value he had is probably gone. He is definitely a loser in this category. Oh yeah, he's toast. It's done. Uh, you know, he had a few Cinderella, a couple Cinderella years. Great for him to kind of recoup whatever uh, draft value was lost with him in Miami. Now he's he's back. You know, he's back to what kind of he was. I think it's done. Question for the Titans though. Okay, Malik Willis clearly they don't want him to throw the football. They they, they didn't want him last year, and he's not good. Um, you got Will Levis, huge arms, super raw. What do you do if you're the Titans? Are you drafting somebody else? Are you bringing in a veteran next year? Because, like, are you tanking? Like, what what are you going to do mm. in this situation? Because you still have pieces, right? You still have like a, a, a formidable defense to some degree. I think it'll be interesting to track. Uh, another loser. Now, listen, we can't have games without officials. Uh, it's a tough job. Oh it's not an easy job, but the NFL no. officials stink this year. It's bad. Oh, horrible. Man, that was that Browns 49ers game. And certainly not the, not the only game, the Bills-Giants uh, game as well. Um, but that Browns 49ers game was one of the worst officiated games. We've seen a bunch of them. That I, I can remember in recent memory, there was a case ballsy where it was a face mask clearly against the 49ers. They called it on the Browns. Then they had to come back on and say, upon further discussion on the field, it was the 49ers. Uh, we apologize. It's like, get that bleep out of here. Just yeah. terrible. I don't know if it's, I don't, I mean, here's why, why I think it is. The NFL has all these rules. Like every time you watch an NFL game, I don't know about you, but there's one thing, there's always like one, I'm like, illegal, what? And there's like yeah. some newfangled rule. Simplify it. These referees and officials have so much in their heads. No wonder they're falling over themselves. Try to simplify things. Who cares if someone shifts for a moment in the backfield? Come on. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and lastly, with players um, from the loser category, uh, and I'm not saying this like they're losers. I'm just winners and losers here. They're all they're all professionals. They deserve respect. Yeah, yeah. But Desmond Ritter of the Falcons, he's got six ints in six games. Cool. They're not winning with Desmond Ritter at quarterback in Atlanta. No, this was the year to uh, try him out. He had a couple play starts last year, and this is the year to try him out. Uh, I thought his intelligence coming in was uh, out of the combine was was great. He has the look six three two zero seven, but uh, you know you want a shot. And you've got a shot, and it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, he is not. So at least, it, look, if you're the Falcons, okay, even if but you, by fluke, won the awful NFC stuff, you're getting eliminated first year in the playoffs. Let's be serious. So who cares? But now it's like, all right, what do you, now if you know, and I think we do, Desmond Ritter's not your future. So are you going to play Taylor Heineke, who we saw in Washington, is mm-hmm. good enough to win you some games? However, that hurts your draft capital. If I'm the Falcons right now, you know what? Give Desmond Ritter the whole whole year. Give him the whole year. Get as high a pick as you want. Then you go draft another quarterback. And what, again, we say this every year, looks like a deep quarterback class, okay? Yeah. You know, yeah. Whatever that means. Um, and then go get a QB. You got your star running back. You got some. You certainly have the weapons. You have Drake, London, Kyle Pitts. Like, imagine if you had an upper echelon quarterback with those weapons. Atlanta could be formidable. So find that, man. 
Keep running Desmond Ritter out. Get the worst record you can. And, uh, you know, off you go. Get your new QB. Okay, let's go one more winner. They were touted very highly, and they're living up to the building. The Detroit Lions. Boy, man. Boy. Uh, absolutely sensational. They they are. They're living up to the hype. Dan Campbell and that rah-rah style, we know when you're losing, doesn't work too good. Well, guess what? They are winning, and they are 5-1 and one and absolutely dominated the Buccaneers. And my fear kind of came true because people are like, oh, Baker Mayfield, and, you know, I love me some bake. But it's it, it's it was, oh, he's, he's coming off the body. He's on all these TV shows. And I said, I've seen this before in Cleveland. Whenever he started doing the talk show, doing the quotes, having too much fun, it collapses. And, well, they put up six points. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Hey, by the way, uh, an addendum to that uh, that last point. I love the creamsicle jerseys. They can keep those. They're cool. They're cool. The 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 saucy pirate on the helmet. Yeah, gotta love it. They gotta keep it. Okay, so we got the game tonight. I usually yeah. take the better quarterback when I'm picking games to see who wins or loses. I'm gonna take the Chargers to win this one. Herbie coming off a bye. The only thing is he's got a fractured, I think, middle finger on his non-throwing hand, so that might mm. uh, affect how they run the football in terms of being under center. Yeah, it very well could. Um, I got I like a couple prop plays here. Okay, okay. and I'm, I'm 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 wondering about these numbers because uh, it's from Vegas, so I would be jumping on this. I'm looking at the DraftKings sportsbook right now. Keenan Allen anytime touchdown plus one twenty five. Um, I'll take that because they're funneling all of the targets to him since Mike Will, uh, uh, Williams went down. And also, if you look at it, there's a, a weekly special on game leader for receiving yards. Keenan Allen plus one fifty. Ballsy, I want a nice little parlay on that. I want the plus one fifty. I want the plus twenty one twenty five on an anytime touchdown and leading the game in receiving yards. All on Keenan Allen. Uh, he's, you know what? He's turned back the clock, and uh, I'm not betting against him. No, I agree 100%, man. Who do you got in that game? You got the Chargers or the Cowboys? And don't, don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what you think. <laughs> well, you don't know, you know what? This is actually a extremely important game, I think, for both these teams. Cowboys have been embarrassed on a couple of occasions. Chargers still have the stigma of, okay, they got a lot of flash, but can they finish? Um, so this is going to be, I think, it could be a pivotal point in the season for both clubs. I do think it will be the Chargers. I just feel Dak Prescott and that whole offense feels flat. It just feels vanilla, and you got weapons. It's very confusing. The, the Cowboys' defense is can be uh, top-notch, but they also got the boots put to them, too. So I think it is Chargers at home, um, off the bye. You have that extra week to prepare, so I do think it will be the Chargers. One and a half points, Dallas is the favorite. So you're, you got pretty much a pick in here. Give me the Chargers. And, uh, of course, Kellen Moore is going against his former team as the OC. That's right. He's got them rolling. Yep. So, that, so that's pretty yep. good. Yeah, but I, I li- These two teams are very similar. I'll take their yeah. championship pass aside because – because the Cowboys have championships, the Chargers well, don't. Yeah. But in the last 20 years, it, the two teams that are expected to do something and don't are the Cowboys mm-hmm. in the NFC and the Chargers in the AFC. It's true. It's true. And you, again, you look at the Chargers, you got the pieces. They, Austin Eckler coming back. You yeah. know, how does he work in? That's a big fantasy question, right? People thinking how yeah. is Austin Eckler going to be worked in fully? Always a bit of a question. Main thing, you keep that guy healthy. You got Keenan Allen rolling. You have some nice secondary receivers along the side. A um, couple good tight ends, real life-wise. That Pernum guy can really uh, red zone target. Um, I think they're in good shape. They just have to get out of their own way. Right, Baldwin? <laughs> yeah. get, get out of your own way. Just, don't don't be done with it. Please Get be out a, of your own way. Go in. Please be a winning team like the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> above 500. All the after tonight will both be above 500. That'll be great. Good. Hey, Andy, tell us where we can find you, okay? <laughs> 
Oh, man, at uh, the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. It's on YouTube, on Twitter, at Sick Pod Browns, at AndyMC81. Check out my reaction video that I posted right after the Browns win on Twitter. I think you guys will like it. And on Instagram, at AndyMCSports, we have our waiver wire fantasy football pickups every Tuesday. So make sure you're watching for that, too. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Bottom of the fourth, Texas leading Houston 5-1, to one, looking to go up two games to none in that American League Championship Series and do it in a fine style with um, wins in Houston. Now let me, hold on a second here, I'm trying to think. Oh, it was Arizona that hasn't lost a game, right, in the playoffs. Arizona's yet to lose a game in the playoffs. They are in Philadelphia tonight, and as I said to start the show, in Major League Baseball, three of the four teams have indoor stadiums. The only indoor sta- outdoor stadium, pardon me, is Philadelphia, where you were at that stadium. What's it called again? Um, Citizens Bank. Citizens Park, Bank. Ballpark. You like that one. Yeah, I, I love that. I'm going to go with Arizona tonight. Arizona's- Baseball needs to be outdoors in October. That's what it's all and, about. You know, all, all, all these new stadiums are just sucking the life out of dude, sports. Dude, I sat inside Grand Fork Stadium there, Alaris, on the yeah, weekend. Yeah. It was 8 degrees and chilly as a you-know-what outside, and I was happy to be indoors. So I'm not against indoor stadiums, but fandom is getting stupid. Like, we've always had this, but I feel more and more, maybe it's because we got social media. Why do guys have to get liquored up and punch each other and fight? Like, that's what, I'm way cheering. too much of that this yeah, year. Yeah, I'm cheering for just because I cheer for Team X and you cheer for Team Y. And yeah, we go back and forth a little bit. Why do you got to spill beer on me? Why do we got to punch guys out? Why do guys got to stumble down stairways and die because of sports? It's sports. That's mm. stupid. Uh, also, if you're going to go to the... Listen, they're never going to ban booze at sporting events, okay? It's not for me. It's not my cup of tea. But why do guys or girls have to go... Why do you spend so much money to go to the game and then you don't even watch the game? You get you get to your seat. Oh, you're going to go get a drink. You get to your seat. Oh, you're going to go to the bathroom. Or you get your seat. You're going to go walk around. You paid for a seat. I know. And they... <sighs> And they're in your way half the game yes. because you have to get up 15 times. And the people, I mean... The game and they I, don't do it when they're supposed to do it. The game I was just at, there's a Packers a fan wearing a Packers jersey, and this person's cheering when the Raiders make a big play. And I'm looking at my dad, and I'm like, what's going on here? Like, what's happening to fandom? Yeah, it's bad, isn't it? It's really gone downhill. I, I, I there's can't. A, there, there's something going on right now. It's not many people maybe talk about it, but uh, we, we, we saw that game yesterday mm-hmm. uh, between the Cardinals and Rams. There was like 20,000 people there. Do you know why? Well, the Arizona Cardinals fan base, they don't travel very well. No. And that's basically what that stadium is there for. They host visiting fans. And that's what, and that's what uh, you'll see a lot more Cowboy fans there tonight than Charger fans. And, and that's why the, like, this new stadium that they're going to be building for the Tennessee Titans, well, yeah. you could kiss the fan base goodbye in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Buffalo. I, I know Buffalo has a great fan base, but not everyone can afford these big expensive juicy tickets that they're going to be. I don't like this. Uh, you and I are t- well I'm this, an o- I'm a- new stadiums are ruining everything. I'm an old guy. <laughs> You're younger than me, but you have an old soul. I'm not into these London Germany games. Yeah, I'm over those. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah. Like the, apparently the turf the novelty, is terrible. The apparently the turf is off. Apparently the turf is awful. Yeah. It's hard and slippery. I 
Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not a big fan of that I, because I, that turf sits underneath the actual turf yeah. that's used for the Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah. Like nobody cares about the NFL turf; it just sits there yeah. all year. Yeah. And then, oh, it's time for a game. Let's wheel it out. Mm. Like, of, of course, it's gonna suck. Uh, speaking of suck, man, I've lost. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong? I don't do even know. I don't even know. I could like I left McMahon Stadium oh, and and I was excited to go to watch my kid play, but I. I want the Riders to win. What the hell? How the hell can't we beat? Like, you know, the most damning thing since the middle of September, we have lost to Edmonton, Ottawa, and Calgary. Three teams for sure worse than us in the standings. That that loss in Calgary... That was inexcusable. Well, I don't know. I've said they're, they're, none all of those teams are going to uh, be making the playoffs too. By the way, like maybe Calgary, depending. But let's like, be, oh, and here's a big thing: games against teams that don't make the playoffs. Here's a big thing: Dane Evans will probably. I bet you Dane Evans quarterbacks the BC Lions at this big game here against this uh, the Stamps because. Uh, Vernon Adams re-injured, re-aggravated that MCL injury. Now, Rick Campbell says as long as he's not medically compromised, he'll play in this game, but I doubt it. I think it's going to be Dane Evans quarterbacking. So the Riders have lost their chance to control their own fate. We'll hopefully know by the time they kick off, Calgary will have lost to BC, and the Riders have an opportunity to get to the playoffs. At this point, though, how do you feel about that? The seven-win team getting to the playoffs. Well, it could be six. If the could Riders be, lose and the Stamps lose their next two, the Riders will be yeah. the third seed at 6-12. and 12. Send us your text at 936-6262 or call us at that same number, 936-6262 or toll-free 1-866-767-0620. I just, <laughs> How would you feel if the Riders made it to the gravy, the Grey Cup? With a six and twelve record, I don't know that they'll. I I don't think BC or Saskatchewan or Calgary is beating Winnipeg in the West Final, and that's not because Winnipeg's great. It's because it's just the opposite. The other teams aren't great, so it makes Winnipeg look better than they are. But I do think the Riders or Calgary could win a West Final, especially if Vernon or West Semifinal, especially if Vernon Adams isn't a hundred percent. Who do uh, Winnipeg play? They play Edmonton, okay, and then, and then, and, and Calgary. then Calgary. So yeah, they're going to finish first. So I was going to say they're going to finish first after they beat BC there. Yeah, no. I don't know, man. That's <laughs> just so frustrating. Uh, we'll have Coach Craig Dickens at after five o'clock. Coming up after four, big news from the IOC as it relates to the 2028 Summer Games. Jim Mullen from Football Canada will join us here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And away we go, hour number two on the Sports Cage, wherever you're listening and however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. I'm Michael Ball along with Sean Kleisinger. And uh, lots going on in the sporting world. What's that updated score, Zinger, in baseball? I thought I saw it was 5-2 to two last 5-2 right now, middle of 5. Texas taking on Houston in Houston. And um, they'll go up two games to none if they hold that lead and then go home. That'd be outstanding The Ari- for them. The Arizona Diamondbacks are in Philadelphia tonight. Citizens Bank Park for Game 1 of their series. All our guests come to you uh, via the Western Pizza Hotline. And... Um, Take a slice out of your October schedule and let Western Pizza do the cooking tonight. Joining us is the president of Football Canada, Jim Mullen. Jim, how are you, my friend? 
I am doing spectacular today. How are you? Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. I'm doing great. Um, First of all, let's give a shout out. We're in Regina Rams country. Sean Kleisinger doing a bang up job. First year's voice of the Regina Rams, but they'll miss the playoffs. Huskies will make the playoffs, probably as the number two seed. But how about Chris Morris? He's got his team firing on all cylinders. Their first, I think that's their best record since 2005 or something crazy like that. They win on the last second field goal over the U of S. Yeah, good for Chris Morris because he's been. Uh, in this game as a head coach at the University of Alberta for a long time now. And you wondered when that organization was going to turn the corner. Now, there were signs of it uh, in terms of having a Heck Creighton winner uh, a couple of years back. Uh, You know, there were signs of it in terms of putting together a bit of a playoff run a couple of years back, but nothing as consistent as this. So um, it's got to be a good payoff for him. I know he's done a lot of things on the ground uh, in Edmonton in terms of connecting with youth football, in terms of running camps. They've got a dome that goes over foot field, and he makes the most of it in terms of uh, using that facility for uh, for training and even an educational piece. Um, He puts a lot back into that campus and a lot back into the community, and it's good to see that he's getting the payoff from it. Once again, the Thunder meet the Hilltops in the Prairie Football Conference Championship really speaks to, and you'd know this from the U18, U16 teams, really speaks to the talent in our province, which is saying something in the fact that, like, we're not where you live in Van, you know, BC, where it's like, you know, you could play outside a lot of the time and, and, and continue to hone your skills. We are kind of obviously landlocked and really dependent on the weather out here. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. The one thing about uh, the weather, when I look out the window right now, <laughs> there's a stiff wind blowing straight into the teeth. So uh, I, I think that's going to be uh, uh, waiting whomever uh, <laughs> escapes the Prairie Football Conference because uh, I got a feeling that the Canadian Bowl is going to be played in Langford, B.C., just adjacent to Victoria. The West Shore Rebels are just laying the boots to everybody out here in the BCFC. Mm. Uh, it's kind of merciless. We're seeing scores in the 60s, 70s, and even 80s. Wow. Um, uh, this team has really put it together. It, it, it seems to me that over the last 20 years, only one team on the island can put it together at, at, at one time. It's kind of like uh, Alberta and university football. The Calgary Dinos are, are scraping bottom while the uh, uh, Alberta Golden Bears are, are up top, as we just mentioned. So. Yeah, the VI Raiders aren't the VI Raiders of old, but you know what? Their team is wearing red and black on the island right now, and it's in Victoria, and the West Shore Rebels look pretty tough. Well, we saw a BC team coming here and beat the uh, Regina Thunder last year on our home turf, so turnabout will be fair play, let's hope. Okay, let's get to this, man. Exciting news. The IOC approves a bunch of uh, summer sports, and one of them, flag football. That's why you're really happy today. Yeah, and you know what? For, for all of you people out there who, and I've seen it on social media, who go, who go, what? Flag football? You know, that's a kid's sport. That's a recreational sport. To a certain degree, that's true. But it's you probably say that because you've never seen it played at the high performance level. I, I've been lucky enough to uh, be down at the World Games uh, in Birmingham, Alabama last mm-hmm. summer. 
uh, and seen it played at, at, at its top level. And then once again with the Tournament of the Americas this past summer um, in, in July in, in North Carolina. And, you know, when this game is played at, at its top level, it's like taking the best of football and the best of basketball and kind of wrapping it together. The personalities can really come out uh, on, on the surface because you're not trapped behind all of those pads. It's a five-on-five game, so it plays out a little bit like basketball. Uh, it's, it, it's quick. It's high-scoring. And you can play an entire tournament in the space of two days. Um, there's a lot of advantages to this game, and it can really showcase athleticism. Yeah, no kidding, man. I can't. And you know what? Just it, it's so good for the game because uh, you know people, kids, whoever they can learn the game, they can enjoy the game without the physicality. Uh, you know, uh, you know, if they don't want to go down that avenue or they don't want to go into it as fast. Well, when you take a look at some of our provinces and look at their registration. The the example that I give all the time is Ontario. Two years ago, they had 3,800 registrants, and the provincial organization there just ignored flag football. A little over two years later, 21,500 registrants, and the biggest area of growth is flag football. This is how to bring people into the game, help them get an understanding of the game at a very young age, bring families in with them, bring new Canadians in with them uh, for, for the, uh, for the very first taste of football and then get that comfort level. Now you may want to stay playing flag football for the rest of your life, but maybe when you're 12, uh, 13, 14, once you've got that skill set built up, to make a move over to tackle football or play both, Mm -hmm. right? You can play both, too. The great thing is is that the explosion that we've had in flag football has happened even without this Olympic announcement across this country, and the Olympics is only going to make it heat up even more. And Regina has the biggest or the most impressive flag football uh, community here, as uh, it was uh, noted in the NFL meetings they had there. Hey, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it, Jim. We'll, uh, we'll be in touch with you as the uh, U-Sports playoffs roll along. I thought I was going to get to talk about Ethan Ball and Quincy Vaughn, the touchdown oh. machine in North Dakota. Yeah, wow. that really was AI. Yeah, I tell you what, I did. I did a. I did a weekend, man. I, I did the game in Calgary, landed in Regina with the team, and drove to to North Dakota and barely awake. But the opening kickoff gets host, and that was actually a huge game. I don't, you know, the home of Western wrestler Scott Schultz. First time they beat NDSU in twenty years, and you'd know from your role, very important it would just happen to fall on the fact that all the recruits that they're trying to get were on the und sideline went into the dressing room to sing the fight song after and you know very well jim we're a little bit older but kids nowadays are prisoners of the moment it takes just a win like that to kind of turn your program around that's going to change that whole region in terms of football to see that upset play out the way it did i'm really excited for the future of those fight narcs Yes, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for the plug. I, I do appreciate that. Have a great day. Any day, man. Take Bye. care. Yeah, take care. That's Jim Mullen. Yeah, when you think about it, it was a big win. And they didn't just beat him, Zinger. They usually get their they usually get their lunch handed to them on the O line and the D line, and they absolutely smashed NDSU. It was outstanding. And I look at their schedule. They could go nine and two 
And then you and me, you and me are going on a playoff drive. Wouldn't that be something? I want to. We're going to go down and we're going to watch a game. That's I, you know, gonna... I was originally going to be at that game. With me? Yeah, but then, on the weekend. But then you had to go get the Rams job. Then I Way had to, to go, do that. Way to go and screw it all up. Actually, we love Regina Rams football. We'll take a break and be back with Luke Molliner. Joins us in the Western Pizza Hotline on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. But I, I kind of want to also bring to the attention like I didn't really realize how bad things were in Israel and uh, just wanted to bring to attention um, you know for those who don't necessarily understand things that are going on um, that it, it really is bad and if you don't understand if you go on Google you look you search and and you read about what's going on in this world um, this world needs prayer um, you know we, we I don't know what we've come to but uh, you know, just my thoughts, my prayers are are out with uh, those people in Israel. Um, you know, I know there's uh, the Ukraine and, and Russia war still going on as well. And I just wanted to, to bring notice that uh, although we have the freedom to do this here, play football and, and uh, be able to have the freedom to do these things that, uh, you know, to come back into reality and think, you know, that's that's what that's where we all are here in this world. And so. I uh, just want to bring that to the attention and, uh, you know, hopefully we we all come together and can, can pray pray for the, the kids, the children, the, the wives or the, the women, um, you know, and the men that are putting themselves out there, you know, uh, every day um, for, for those those unfortunate events that are happening right now. Our clutch performer is Tua Tungabailoa, not just for the video game numbers he continues to put up on the field, but for that speech at the podium that takes us out of the world of sports and into what's happening tragically around the world. Our clutch performer for Nick's service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner and Fent dealer. Give him a call, 781-1077. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking Riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Let's get after it. Best analyst in the business, Luke Molitor, been waiting patiently on the Western Pizza Hotline. Hey, uh, Bedard versus Matthews tonight. Who's going to have a better game, Matthews or oh. Connor Bedard? Man, you know, I'm really, I'm just really glad that Bedard's about to finally get somebody to, to show him what playing in the NHL is all about. Give him some pointers, hopefully, uh, you know, between periods. He's about to witness the greatest hockey player in the National Hockey League and play against them. So it's going to be a privilege for Bedard, and I hope he learns something. I tell you, can you be? Can you have a guy dripping with so much arrogance for the teams? Each the two most arrogant fan bases are Maple Leafs fans, and this next team I'm about to talk about. Twenty. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, he outplayed. Your boy McDavid when the Oilers played the Blackhawks. The Oilers so, haven't you know, even played the Blackhawks. What are you talking about? Sorry, sorry. You, you, oh, sorry. You just, Crosby, Crosby. You just, yeah, you, Crosby. yeah, Crosby's, Crosby's you know, not to, my boy. You have to go out play Crosby. You know, I'm sure when he, when he, when Leon Dreisaitl, who's the best player on the Oilers, faces Bedard, I'm sure it'll be the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So Austin Matthews has to go and go ahead and set the standard. Hey, uh, can uh, can Dak Prescott even break a pane of glass with a pass? Wow, it's got to be pretty big, and it can't be moving. 
yeah, you know. Okay, so 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 take your championships aside because you do have a championship pedigree. Your team back in the day, okay, America's five team. Time, yeah, five no, no, no. Time. I know, I know, I know. Take that aside, though. You have to admit this. In the last twenty years, these teams mimic each other. Your Cowboys and my Chargers. In the NFC, everybody talks a good game about the Dallas Cowboys, and they always prove to be a paper tiger. And the same thing with the Chargers. The Chargers are great. The Chargers are great. And every year they're made of peanut brittle, and they break down. So, tonight, the clash of the champions. The da- How about them Cowboys against the Lightning Bolts? Who's going to win that game? First of all, don't ever compare our organizations again. They're not even in the same stratosphere. All right? Like... Your organization needs Thanos to snap his fingers and do away with half of the place. My organization has a pedigree of winning championships, and we just need to get it back on the same track. As of as for today, man, I'm looking forward to a high scoring game. I don't know about you, but I think that I think that your boy Herbert there is. I mean, if we can get our pass rush right, it may be a different story. But you know, I, I'm a little, I'm still reeling a little bit from that loss to San Francisco, man. We. We looked like Swiss cheese that day, and I mean that 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 Charger offense, Eckler's back. Yeah, we we got to we got to come to play. Yeah, uh, but you got to be happy because the Eagles choked to the Jets. Oh, it was great to watch. I wouldn't say choke though. You know, I, I think that the NFL. I, I know me and you joke about the Chargers and and Cowboys, and I'm probably going to take twenty dollars off you at the end of the night here. <laughs> But, like, can I hey can I eat trans free or you just want it in the booth yeah. on Saturday? No 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 just buy yeah buy me a beer on on Saturday. You know? okay. no, but, um I, I think that you know everybody in the NFL right they're they're great no matter how bad a, a record you have like the NFL is so tough. I mean look at this week of games. You know there were just there were games on there where people were automatically like oh yeah this is a blowout and it, it turned out to be the exact opposite. There were games on the schedule where you expected a certain narrative to play out for both teams, didn't come anywhere close, and gave us some great games. Like Cleveland and San Francisco. Who would have thought everybody was going to be stuck on that game all Sunday? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was a great game. So, yeah, I think that, you know, it's always nice to see Philly lose. But, uh, man, the NFL, it's just, it's always great to watch because, you know, you're all those teams, man, it, it, it's, you know, one turnover can mean the difference between a, a one-in-four team you know, beating a five and zero team like we saw yesterday. Okay, so uh, let's wrap up. I don't even. I don't even. Honestly, I don't even know how to feel about the team that we cover. We both love the team because you played for them and you bleed green and white. And I've been here mired in being a rider prider my whole life. Okay, but I don't even know how to like. Do I want them to win? Because can they do anything in the playoffs? Can they win again? I can't believe they lost that game. Yeah, you know what? It's funny that you mention it like that because I sat here today and and really, you know, looked over, you know, what what the game, how the game transpired. It was on television on on Fastel. It, it's sitting there if you want to watch it. And I watched a little bit of it again, and I I really couldn't believe Calgary is just a bad team. And Saskatchewan, especially over these last six weeks. They've made every single team they've played look like great cup contenders. You know, I mean, we made Ottawa look like look like a, an awesome team. They looked like the, the the 2016 Patriots. We made, you know, we, we came in here and we made Hamilton look like a juggernaut, right? I, I really think that it's 
there's just some foundational aspects of the team that just aren't clicking. And you would hope that somehow, some way, they catch here, especially this week. But, you know, heading into the playoffs, I, I personally don't think Calgary. I think Calgary is who they are. And I don't think they're going to beat BC. And I don't think they're going to beat uh, who else they got. Winnipeg. I, I Winnipeg. 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 Oh, oh, even better, right? So I don't think they're going to win either of those games. I think the Riders are going to get in. And, and you know, it, it's weird from a, from a player perspective, a former player perspective. I just can't see myself not being excited about potentially competing for a great cup, no matter how, what my record is mired in. I remember in 2011, we were like, Oh, and a hundred, right? But if someone had told us, "Man, you still got a chance for a playoff, and you still got a chance to, to get in there and make some noise," we would have been all over it. You know what I mean? Just competitively, mm-hmm. and, and 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 I really think that when you look at today's athletes, I, I think that I think that you know I see it with Belichick right now. I see it with Sean Payton. Um, you've got to evolve, and I think that you know the Canadian Football League is no different, and these coaches in the Canadian Football League are no different. I think the generation of athletes now um, is, is motivated differently. I really feel like you've got to cater to, to their needs. You didn't have to cater to the locker rooms um, back then. You didn't have to cater to the individual because each one of us was willing to run through a wall for the other guy. I, I just don't think you can establish, or I think it's hard, so much harder to establish that with this generation of athletes. And I think that the coaching staffs that understand that evolution are the ones that are going to have the most success. Um, I spent a long time. I spent a long time, as you know, thinking about you know how much coaching matters, and and that's a, that's a conclusion that I'm drawing slowly. And and you know, I, I think if I look into it more, I'll have to probably have more to say after for sure after the year's done. But man, it just really seems like like every industry, like every everywhere in the world. You know, every industry evolves, so why shouldn't football? And I think that, you know, this generation of athletes is a different generation, and you need, you need people to, that are in charge of those athletes to recognize it. And uh, otherwise, you don't get the performance out of them that you want, you know? Like, everybody's yeah. pretty, pretty disappointed here in Rider Nation, and rightfully so, so, man. I mean, there's people that drive hours to, to, to watch this team play, and they're just, they're just not getting it. And, uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but, man, like, it, it's nice because they still need guys like you, Ballsy, and still need guys like me who support them, who cheer for them. But I think that uh, now more than ever, you also have to voice the, uh, the criticism that needs to be levied because otherwise it, it's going to go unchecked and you just you spend year after year mired in the same problem. All right, man. Thanks for your time. I always appreciate it. I'll be sending you texts throughout the night, and who knows, I'll be transferring you maybe 20 bucks at the end of the night. <laughs> I'm out there, Cowboys. Shut up. Get out of here. That's Luke Mulliner. He knows his football, at least in terms of CFL football, has no idea on what teams to cheer for. But, hey, we all can't be perfect like Sean Kleisinger. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 435 sports ticker time. The Texas Rangers have a 5-2 lead over the Houston Astros right now in Game 2 of the ALCS. Or the, the Rangers have a 1-0 series lead. The Arizona Diamondbacks taking on the Philadelphia Phillies later on tonight. 6.07 p.m. opening pitch. That's Game 1 from the NLCS. Monday Night Football tonight. The L.A. Chargers at home to the Dallas Cowboys. 6.15 p.m. kickoff. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. All right, we'll do a power rankings here. Number nine, Saskatchewan. 
I mean, what do I say? They're playing the. They can make the playoffs, but they're playing the worst football of any team in the CFL right now. I, I don't think you can even argue that. That's crazy. They and they have the best chance of making the playoffs of the teams that have a chance. Playoffs. Yeah, like Ottawa's out. Ottawa is done. They're eight. Calgary just beat the Riders. I have Calgary at seven. Although. You know, they might catch a break if Vernon Adams, does, uh, Vernon Adams doesn't play, but Dane Evans is good enough to beat Calgary and keep uh, BC's uh, first-place hopes alive. So I've got Calgary at 7. Edmonton's better than Calgary, I think. If Calgary played Edmonton right now, I'd pick... If Calgary and Edmonton played on the field, best of five, Edmonton would win three of them, in my opinion. Hmm. That's my opinion. Like, Calgary's that bad. I still can't believe the Riders lost to Calgary. And I can't believe they lost to Ottawa. That's why it's 9 Saskatchewan, 8 Ottawa, 7 Calgary, 6 Edmonton, 5 is the Tiger Cats, uh, 4 is Montreal. You know, Jason Moss deserves some credit for having that team uh, with a winning record. They got 10 wins. Yeah, yeah. Cody Fajardo is good, not great, but their defense is outstanding. So they're going to have a home playoff game. So there you go. Number 3, the BC Lions. They're looking like their defense is rounding into form for the playoffs. That's good news for them. Vernon Adams' injury will be a bit of a conundrum. I don't think it's as kind of, um, you know, kind of... Uh, I think it's a lot more... Uh, Serious, and they're letting on in terms of like, oh wow, he go play as long as he's medically not compromised, as Rick Campbell said today. I don't think it's a season ender, but it's definitely going to be a problem. Winnipeg at number two. Now the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are like the old Montreal Alouettes. When the rest of the division is terrible, you look way better than you are. So they are number two, but they are far back from Toronto. The Argonauts are the best team in the league, and we'll see what kind of. What kind of roster they field here against the Rough Riders? Does Dinwiddie care enough to knock the Riders out? Does he care about Calgary? Does he want to help his former Calgary team out? Does he want to play his guys hard now and give them a bit of a break? Or play most of his twos and give his guys a break and then play them a little bit in the last game of the regular season? Be very interesting to see. But uh, Toronto 1, Winnipeg 2, BC 3, Montreal 4, Hamilton 5, Calgary 6... Or check that Edmonton six, Calgary seven, Ottawa eight, Saskatchewan nine. I'm sure you agree with that. No, I agree with that, and it just occurred to me that this is the first time that the Argos have played at Mosaic Stadium since they won the Grey Cup on this field. Coming up here on Saturday, yeah. yeah. So they're going to be playing with some. I don't know, maybe, maybe a little maybe nostalgic, some, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I'm trying to get into the head of the players here, you know. I'm trying to determine what's going to happen. Maybe that's going to have a part in it. I don't even know how to. I I really don't even know how to feel, to be quite honest with you. Uh, we do got some text. We'll get to that in a second. That's your CFL report. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Text lines brought to you by the Capital Auto Group from Leonard. 936-6262. Saskatchewan Rough Riders still need a quarterback. Somebody that doesn't throw the ball into the turf. I don't think Jake Dolagala's been awful, Zinger. But he's definitely regressed the last little bit, at least regressed in big moments. He got away with a couple of near interceptions in that game, and then he threw one right into the chest of Cam Judge. Almost planted it, embedded it in his number four, and he just had to run it in 30 yards for a touchdown. So it's just throws like that just can't happen. I'll start him. I'll ask Coach Dickinson this. I'd start him, but he gets a very short leash, and then Mason Fine comes on. 
Yeah, I'm almost at the point now, you know, you've played Jake Dolagala so many games in a row, I think that maybe you're just better off leaving him in there. I, I know I said in the commercial break, I think maybe it's time to start fine, but now that I think about it, it's kind of like, I don't know if that would be the right thing even, because Jake Dolagala has all this experience gained up, and maybe just let him let him flourish well, if he can. Well, the thing is, I it, don't know. the dude, when he went out, Mason fine. I don't think he's any better than Jake. I don't think the other guy's better than the other guy. Like they're not so far separated. And Mason fine completed almost seventy percent of his passes. He's got the the third best completion percentage with a minimum one hundred passes. Like my point is, you got to get into the playoffs, right? In theory, you want to get to the playoffs. So if this guy's not working out, you pull him, put that guy. In. It all chips. Even if you have to use Pipkin, I don't care. Throw it all on the on the table. Let go. On. Here's the other thing, or get going. Here's the other thing. I feel bad for Shea Patterson because we never really got to see Shea Patterson and I don't know that Antonio Pipkin's been so spectacular that Shea Patterson should be sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, we haven't seen Shea Patterson be an actual quarterback. We we, we saw him earlier in the year be a, the gadget type, short yardage type, but we haven't seen him drop back and like throw the rock around. I yeah. mean, this guy... He has a history of doing so in college. Did it quite yeah. well. Yeah, We haven't seen him be a quote-unquote quarterback yet. Former Michigan Wolverine. Do we have a caller there? We do, yeah. Let's go to the phones. Hi, who's this? Hello? Hey. Who's this? Jack here, Fort Capel. Hi, Jack. Go ahead, man. Yeah, hey, listen. The last time we spoke, I, I said uh, blow it up right from uh, President CEO mm-hmm. right through. And I haven't changed my opinion. Mm-hmm. And and the reason is, is that I think... There's a, uh, a a CEO president out there waiting just to come in with a lot of football experience and was mentored by the previous CEO president, and that's Brendan Temple. And uh, I, listening to Mr. Hobson uh, on your show, uh, where are they now? He talked about culture quite a bit and uh, playing on an edge, and that's not this writer team. It's just not there. So the other thing is, is I don't know how we can evaluate players until we basically change the culture of the, uh, you know, right from the president. Well, you can't. Yeah, uh, Jack, you can evaluate some players like they do. They they do it for you. Like they show you by their performance and stuff and how they act and you can get a read on them. So there are some guys you can already like, listen, you're right in the sense that if they do do changes, then um I said doo doo. By the way, if they do, if they do changes, uh, Jack. By the way, I always love your calls. You're very astute. But if they do changes, it'll be an overhaul. All bets are off. If they do make changes, and I don't fire anybody on this show, I never have. But if they do, at the end of the year, make changes, then everybody's up. Everybody is up. Nobody is safe. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'm not even safe. But nobody is safe. They're gonna. They're going to. Cle- they're gonna look at everything, and they should look at everything. Well, okay, fair enough, but here's the deal. The bottom line is is that, you know, uh, in light of what we've seen at Mosaic uh, two weeks back, mm-hmm. and then, of course, uh, the situation in Calgary, where Calgary basically gave, the, the, the you know, the riders a 23-point uh, lead, uh, and then, you know, they just kind of went to sleep and thought that the plane was uh, leaving, I guess, at halftime. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's okay. di- it's disappointing, Jack. Like I I left that game. I left that game, uh, and I don't really know how. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't know how to feel. Like I I'm the voice of this team. I cheer for this team. I I, I watch the game with some green and white goggles. I want this team to be successful, but I don't like. I left that game on Friday, and I tweeted it. I used the word deserve, and maybe I shouldn't have used the word deserve because I these guys put their they do everything. Uh, I I don't buy the whole they don't give an effort. I'm with them. I see them practice. I see the ice bags after the game. They are playing hard, and I think they played hard, but they didn't play smart. They haven't been playing smart, and I uh, I don't know how to feel after that game. I I'm very disappointed. I'm really disappointed. Well. Listen, all I can say is this, is that uh, my better half is the uh, person that uh, holds the purse strings when it comes down to our season tickets, and we got a block of six. If it was me, it would be all over in light of what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Jack, you're not alone. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. All right, let's go to the phones. Who do we got here? Hello? Hey, Mr. Ball. Yes. Tony. Hey, Tony. Yeah, I got to get up at three o'clock in the morning, Saskatchewan time, to make sure Air Canada can try to get me there on time. Yeah, I know you're coming in anyway, for this game. Anyway, I just wanted to say, remember the '81 Ottawa Rough Riders were three and thirteen in the Grey Cup. Five and thir- five. They were five and eleven actually. We only played sixteen then, but yeah, it was bad. They were three and thirteen in the regular season, weren't they? No, they were five and eleven. It was a oh, five and eleven. But but you're right. They, it was bad. Hey, that's bad enough. Five and eleven was bad for sure. Yep. All right, I'm going to hit the hay pretty soon because 3 o'clock in the morning comes early. Okay, man, well, you make sure you stop by the radio station when you're rolling yeah, the town I'll here, okay? during the week. That's Tony from Rhode Island. He's loving his rider still. He's coming in regardless, so we shouldn't be down on our t- team too much if Tony's coming in. Um, Ken from Kelowna sends a text in. Sad, sad thing to see Fine and Jake looking at the iPad together alone. Where is the help with a proper quarterback coach? Well, there is no quarterback coach. It's called a coaching cap, so there is no quarterback coach. That's I, why I don't see any coaches around. And maybe you saw them uh, at a time when, like, I know uh, Trevor Harris is there, but he's upstairs. And I think Trevor Harris likes to be at arm's length in terms of that and maybe help with the spotting upstairs. But Trevor Harris does go to all the games, and he's very instrumental in helping those guys, just not on the sideline. Uh, Dale and Melford, glad he brought up Tamman. I really liked him and what he did here. No idea where he is at, though, in life. Well, Brendan Tamman is working as uh, as an assistant GM, I believe. He's at least in the uh, front office with the Ottawa Red Blacks. He's still loving football, still very much connected. But it's funny. It's funny. We become prisoners of the moment. I'm not saying you, Dale, specifically, but I took all of those calls. I took every damn call when everybody wanted him gone. And look what Chamberlain and Tam- uh, Tamman did for our team. They look what they left us with. An absolute mess. I'm glad they fired those guys at mm-hmm. Owen, whatever the heck they were. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember we were firing them because we wanted sustained success. And now they come back and are celebrated and we're in the midst of what are we? Owen 13 since September 4th last year. Or September Whatever it is that we're we're o we're over. We finished the season o for seven last year, and we're o for six this year. Like it's uh yeah. So that's Dale and Melfort. Um, Paul, 12, and, well, go ahead. I was just gonna say twelve wins in two seasons thus far, which is tough pill to swallow. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, here we go. Paul and Regina. I put our players at fourth or fifth in the league, and our head coach and OC at twelfth. 
there are some RMF coaches that are better. Friday was a head slapper. I wouldn't go that far. I, I wouldn't go that far. Um, listen, I uh, everybody owns it. Nobody is perfect. Uh, coaches, players, all the way through the organization. But ROC, I refuse to be too critical of Kelly Jeffrey. In his first year as an offensive coordinator, he's had uh, an, a receiving core that wasn't one that he was supposed to be working with. He is on his third quarterback. This tells you, when you lose QB1, this is what happens. When you lose QB1, this is what happens. QB1 is QB1 for a reason. Put Tommy Stevens in that game for Calgary. Tell me what Tommy... Tommy Stevens is fast. Is he a better passer than Dola Gala? I don't know. Um, we haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> Dane Evans, is he spectacular? I would say he's serviceable, but we've got serviceable. Chad Kelly's a... Chad Kelly's... On, on a trajectory to be an elite quarterback, Zach Kalaros is an aging elite quarterback. Trevor Harris, when he's healthy, is probably the third best quarterback in this league. Vernon Adams in the mix, too, obviously. Now I was just going to say, just imagine being Kelly Jeffrey and like you, like the first year as OC and you're dealt the cards with having to shuffle around three different quarterbacks. I mean, that's less than ideal for mm. any offensive coordinator, let alone a guy in his first year. So Andrew says in Saskatoon, Mason Fine has to start all the way this weekend. Jake has lost six in a row. We'll get to some more of your texts. You could call us to 936-6262 or 1-866-767-0620. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. I love talking football. I miss talking to some of the fans after the games. So we've got a daily talk show, and we'll get to Barry in a second. This is from Mike on the text line. I was at McMahon Stadium Friday night. Ballsy, it looks promising in the first half, but second half, same old story. Uh, fell asleep don't care and some stupid coaching decisions like kicking a 43 yard kicking at the 43 yard line punting at Calgary's 43 instead of going for a field goal when it was 1919 like what are we thinking I don't know anymore I'm just fed up I really don't care about this weekend's game because the riders getting the playoffs gonna lose anyway not going anywhere um I'm so over the riders this year I can't watch another game so that's Mike he's frustrated let's go to Barry on the phone uh Barry go ahead Hello. Hi, Barry. Go ahead. Hold on there. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hi, Barry. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, man. What's up? I uh, just, I, you know, we're season ticket holders and been for the last ten years or twelve years, and and I mean, I, uh, the games that I go to, it, it's sickening, man. It, I, I. Uh, I don't even want to get my tickets this year no more. I, I last game that Hamilton game we left halftime. It's it's horrible. That's horrible football. Well, that was hor- that was horrible. That was a horrible game. I'll agree with you 100. percent They've played some pretty exciting games this year, though. I mean, they were winning some games yeah. early. Yeah, they did. But uh, I mean, it, it, for what we're paying for yeah. our season tickets, and then we we also got. You know our our uh, email the other day that they're going up another two or three percent. Like, uh, there's a lot of fans that ain't coming to the game already. They're just going to lose more. So Barry, 
what would get you as a 10 year plus season ticket holder what would get you to renew your tickets like what would it be a run to the gray cup would it be would it be something happening in the off season what would make you want to come back cuz listen i'm not cutting you down you spend your hard earned money you can do it however you want but i hear this from a lot of my friends too they're mad they're mad they're mad and then they call me and say i renewed my tickets again so what would make you come back and renew your tickets well, you know what? I love the riders, and I love going to football games. But I hate going to football games where it's not competitive. When we go out there and we don't look competitive, it, and even watching it on TV, you shut it off at halftime because you know, like lately, it's just been—it's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible football. Mm. But so you want a competitive team? Um, but but okay. So suppose, like, I guess where I'm going with this is. How do we get there? Like, what do you? What is going to make you give your hard-earned dollars to come back? Because you could say you want competitive, but how are you guaranteed that next year? Do you know what I mean? Well, for one, I mean, I'm not. I don't dislike Dickinson, but every time that he's on there, it's he's never says his football team does anything wrong. Never. Mm. Uh, it's always oh, they tried the hardest. They're they're the you know. Come on. Mm-hmm. That Hamilton game they tried their hardest? No, I don't think so. No, he did come on our he did come on our post game show in fairness to Dickie and he did say that was the worst that was the lowest in his time as a head coach. He wasn't happy with that game. I did hear him kind of call his team out. Um but you have to understand in his Yeah, no, no, you know, I get it, but that's not his way. Like I'll respect coach Dickinson for this. I think coach Dickinson is not a stupid man. He knows football. He's been around it for a long time, and I like coach Dickinson for what he is. That's what he is. He's just a nice guy. He's a good man. We can argue whether he's a head coach. We can argue whether you like him as a head coach. And I, I'm not. I'm not saying you're not entitled to your opinion. No. But I like the fact that he is who he is, and that's who he is. Now, whether it works or not, uh, it's not working. The last couple of years, it did. The first couple of years, uh, maybe a little from column A and a little from column B. Yeah, I know. I agree. I don't. I never said he was stupid. I just. Yeah. I just think that the competitive team, we just lost our competitive edge, yeah. and he doesn't know how to get it back. Yeah, and that's a fair comment. That's a very fair comment, Barry. Hey, uh, best of luck. I hope you don't I best I hope you don't pack it in on the riders uh, over the long haul. Well, here's a question for you. You love the team. Do you like are you pumped to see them maybe get into the playoffs and see what they can do? <laughs> well, I hope they get in the playoffs. I'll watch them, but if if it's if it's a runaway, I'll be shutting it off. <laughs> <laughs> I think your laugh says it all. I get it, man. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Barry. I, pre- I appreciate it. You bet. And, and I think that's where we're all at. Like, honestly, I feel... Zinger, like, I, my eyes, I watch this. This is mostly the same team that beat BC and Winnipeg. This is what I... I'm closer to the team than Barry is. And I can't figure out what the hell happened. <laughs> I, just, I think they're not too far away. You know, a few plays here and there limit the uh, limit those big turnovers by Jake the like, Snake. Like, listen, listen, listen. Who knows what listen, could happen? We have that game in hand. Mario Alford decided he wants to look like Michael Ball returning punts and couldn't get out of his own way. They go for a 15-yard touchdown. Like, two plays, 15 yards are in. Mm-hmm. Then Jake... Th- Throws it right to 
right to Cameron Judge like he was Jareth Stearns. And that's the game. Yep. And we can never get it back. Just limit those couple, you know, big mistakes. It's all it takes, baby. Come <sighs> on, playoffs. Here we go. Great Cup. Let's go. I'm on board, too. Great Cup. Great Cup. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. This is the Craig Dickinson Show, our weekly chat with the writer's bench boss about the latest news from the locker room. It's the only place where Dickie takes questions from Rider Nation. All right, and the show, this portion of the show, the Craig Dickinson Show, he's been very kind to join us each Monday, year-round, since he's been the head coach. McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. We're going to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline, take a slice out of your October schedule, let Western Pizza do the cooking tonight. Coach, thanks for joining us here, man. I don't know. (laughs) I'm at a loss for words, and I'm the voice of the team, which is kind of bad. I don't know about yourself. How do you feel? I I can't believe you lost that game in Calgary. I'm stunned. Yeah, it's tough to put it into words. I agree with you, Michael. I mean, we we beat them pretty much in every phase of the game, but but the score and turnovers, you know, and and that's what it comes down to. I mean, we talk a lot about that, and we emphasize it um, a great deal that you got to win the turnover battle, and you you got to be uh, you know efficient when you get in the red zone and score touchdowns. And we lost in probably those two categories, and uh, ended up losing the game because of it. But I will say this: I was proud of the effort. I thought our guys played hard. There was no quit in them. I think we came out with good energy and emotion, and I thought we maintained it throughout the game. But those turnovers killed us. Yeah, they really did. Those two are uh, they're, they're real. Well, that's been a problem for this team all year. You're like, I think you were minus 15 going into that game, and really, that's what happens when you football. I don't care if you're, uh, you know, the perceived bad teams like Calgary and Edmonton, um, and and you know your team is sub 500. Uh, they're they're still professional football players. They're still good players on the other team, and if you're going to turn the football over that much, you're playing with fire. Yeah, you are, and and a lot of our turnovers this year have been. Um, because we've been trailing a lot, we've gone for it on third down probably more than ever. But but the ones that killed us in that game was the turnover where, you know, Mario fumbled it on the punt return. You know, I mean, it was a helpful play by the Calgary guy, number 53. Probably the one of the, the clinic tapes I'll show down the road of how you can uh, rake the ball out of a guy by getting your, getting your hand over the tip of the ball and raking it. But we've got to do a better job of keeping it close to our body. And then the pick six killed us as well. So yeah. Um, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, football is one of those, that's one of those games. you got to play 60 minutes. Well, and a mistake here, or a mistake there can cost you coach. I got to ask you um, first off uh, when, when, when Mason fine was the quarterback, I heard from fans. Well, give Dolagala a chance. Fine's not winning as the starting quarterback. Well, Jake Dolagala, and it's not all his fault, obviously. Uh, he has won two, and then he's lost a bunch here in a row. Does it pause for you to think, okay, do I start Mason Fine? Like, what's that talk going into this last game? you got to win everything yeah, here. Yeah, I leaned heavily on the offensive staff on that. You know, I, I feel like they're both quarterbacks we can win with. I feel like they're both uh, well-respected in the room. I feel like they, they both have a skill set that allows us to be successful. I asked Kelly and the offensive staff, who's the guy that gives us our best chance? They feel like Jake's the guy, and, and they, they expressed a lot of confidence in him. So I'm, I'm going to back the offensive staff on that. I have confidence in Jake as well. I, I think he's got a, 
a certain poise about him that's really great. He's got to do a better job, certainly, of going through his reads and, and, and throwing the ball to our guys and not theirs. But I do think he gives us our best chance to win. I told him last night when we went out on our little um, team-building uh, evening at the bowling alley that we believe in him, that we trust him, and that we're going to give him every chance we can to succeed, and we, we want to see him do well. So that's been the conversations regarding the quarterback position. Well, and he can throw the ball. like uh, That pass to uh, to Sean Bain Jr. down the left seam, I mean, that was a great catch. I don't think you can underestimate or understate what a great catch that is looking back over your shoulder. But he put it in the only place where you could put it, too. Yeah, he's thrown some really nice balls, you know. And he a couple have got it in the way, but you know that happens to everybody. So we're gonna we're gonna roll with Jake and and uh, and support him every way we can. You know, a lot of people have jumped on uh, the O line at times over the last couple of years, and we've heard run game, run game, run game. But some of it's the running back. I think Jamal Morrow's put together two of his best games, and he is kind of playing with a more sense of purpose. Would I be uh, on the right track when I say that? Because the guy's approaching a thousand yards, and he's been good the last two games. Yeah, and you know, it also coincides with the return of Philip Blake at guard, and there's a big. Uh, big correlation there. Getting Big Phil back and getting his physicality, his mindset, his his toughness back in the O line has helped us, and I think that's that's also had a lot to do with us running the ball better these last few weeks. Coach, this is a head scratcher for me. Help me out here. Tevin Jones hasn't been starting the last little bit. Some of it may have to do with ratio. I'm assuming that, but here's a guy that's a top ten receiver. Uh, he did play last week on special teams. I know you had him on an onside punt type deal. He almost got to the ball. Just uh, can you expand on that for me, Tevin Jones' yeah, status? Yeah, we we felt like we need a little more help on defense, so we flipped the roster and the ratio. Uh, started Brunson on defense. Last week was was just a, sh- a short week. We didn't have a chance to adjust it, um, and Brunson got injured and so wasn't able to play. So we played an extra Canadian last week. But mm. we'll look at ways to try to get Tevin back out there. I know he. I know he's anxious to get back out there and play. Um, he's got to do a better job. I'm going to be honest with you of of learning the playbook and and being diligent in what he's doing because. There were some issues there in terms of uh, some mental mistakes, but we're going to try to get our best our best 45 out there. Tevin's one of my favorites. He's one of the, the hardest workers on the team. He's just got to do a little better job of paying attention to details, and uh, he'll get more opportunities as, as he continues to show that he can do that. This is what I hear from fans, and you probably hear it or see it on social media if you're even on it. I, I know you like to take a break during the season because really nothing can good can come out of that, but they talk <laughs> about how Coach Dickinson isn't fired up or he's not mad after the game, and I'm like, you know what? I said it right in the broadcast. I think the guy's a great He's a great man, first of all. He's a great football coach, but he is who he is. That's who he is. He's just a good, solid dude, and and I wouldn't want you to deviate. I like that in a world of a kind of insecurity and, and grayness. I like the fact that you're just who you are. But you were kind of getting beaten up taking your guys out bowling. How did bowling go, and what do you think that did for your team? Yeah, and I think that was silly because, that's, I mean, if you're winning games and you say, hey, we're going to take the guys out bowling and get to know each other a little better off the field, we're going to let let uh, you know the players bring their wives and their girlfriends and their children, and we're going to get a chance to have some fellowship and really bond. If you're winning, everybody thinks that's the greatest idea in the world. And uh, if you're losing, all of a sudden, you know the Daryl Davises of the world think you're too soft on the players, that you're not hard enough on them, that they need punishment and they need uh, more rules. You know, 
and it makes no sense to me. I mean, it really doesn't. So I'm going to be who I am, and if people don't like it, that's on them. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that you get a lot more out of people when they know that you care about them and you respect them and you you uh, treat them like grown men and you care about the fact they have families and children and you want them to, to feel comfortable bringing them around around the other members of the team. So the bowling went great. Uh, uh, it was just a chance to get together on an off off night. Uh, you know, brought them in during the morning and lifted and they watched the film and we, we worked hard and we got a lot out of that day. And then yesterday evening at 7 o'clock, on the players' own time, we went out and we bowled a little bit, and it was great. I think 50 people showed up, you know, and that's a lot of dudes that took time out of their own day, their own personal time to come and uh, hang out with each other and get to know each other off the field. I think that's super important. Win, lose, or draw, I will always do that, and you'll never you'll never see me uh, apologize for trying to bring people together in, in a way that's that's meaningful. Okay, so uh, and we hope it translates on Saturday. When you take the field on Saturday, you sh- you could very well know, hey, we win, we're in. Now, I know that's been kind of what it was the last couple of weeks, especially last week, but uh, just what will be the message here uh, this week? I would think, if I know you correctly, guys, Let's go out there and play our asses off because this will be the last time we're all. This could be the last time we're all together as a team. Yeah, that's been kind of the message the last few weeks. We've really hit them on. Here's what it's going to take to get to the playoffs. Here's what we need to do. And uh, I, I think it's it's hit home. But the the bottom line is, you have to you have to play well on game day. And the best way to do that is to practice. The emphasis all week is going to be on practice. Let's have an excellent week of practice. Let's keep our focus as narrow as it can be, which is win the day, win the rep, win win the drill in, in terms of their mindset. I think I've gone a little bit big picture over the last month, and it hasn't necessarily translated into wins. I'm going to get a little more narrow-minded and just focus on win the day, do everything you can today, to be as good as you can be today, and we'll figure out tomorrow when we get there. Lastly, if I was looking for a silver lining, Coach, here's how I would look at it. You guys have been, you're in playoff mode here for the last, let's go last week and this week, right? You kind of got a you kind of got a taste test there, and you were good at halftime and into the third quarter, and then it, the wheels fell off the wagon. But the beauty is, it's not one and done. You get to go have an opportunity now for another playoff game to make the playoffs. So you kind of get a little test run here. Here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think the guys have given us everything they've gotten, you know, and I think they've done it all year. I really do. I think, I think they'll continue to work hard this week, and I think uh, they want to win, not just for the fans, which it is fan appreciation night, and we're going to emphasize that we want to reward the folks that have stuck with us this whole year and, and given us support, win, lose, or draw. But I also think they want to win for themselves. You know, we put a lot of work in. We sacrifice a lot to be here. A lot of these guys are away from their families and away from their homes. So if we're here, let's let's give it everything we got. And I think that's going to be uh, the message this week, and, and hopefully it rings true and, and our guys play their best game. Coach, I appreciate uh, you joining us each and every Monday. Uh, I uh, hope uh, what you did in the bowling alley translates over to the field, and we can uh... – It ain't going to hurt. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I will say that anytime you get a closer bond with your teammates, it's not going to hurt. So, uh, 
hopefully, hopefully uh, it pays off in, in more ways than one. Well, but even if it doesn't, the, the time spent together was well worth it. Well, as I found out Saturday, Coach, uh, mm-hmm. anything can happen as uh, UND crushed NDSU. Like, I mean, it was a beating, and nobody saw that coming. Yeah, I want to congratulate you and your son. That's a big win for UND, and... Uh, the mighty have, have fallen down in, in U.S. college football because North Dakota State doesn't lose very often. So congrats on to Ethan and the and the, the UND. Is it the Fighting Hawks? Yes, the Fighting Hawks. You're right. Even, congrats to them. That's a big win. All right, Coach. We'll see you this week at practice. See you, man. Take care. That's Coach Craig Dickinson joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. We'll be back to talk a little U sports and then uh, got a couple of other things to get to, PFC football and such. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. I like what Coach Dickinson had to say. I don't care. He's a good guy. It's a good guy. Me too. And he's a good coach. If it doesn't work out here in Saskatchewan and they do make a change at coach, he will find a job in five seconds. I love me some Craig Dickinson. Yeah, he will find, not lie. He will uh, find a job in five seconds. He won't have to worry about being employed. Um, so, Zinger, the U of R Rams had a chance to at least uh, keep their playoff hopes alive, but it didn't end the way we wanted it to. Tell us, uh, give us a little Coles notes about that game. Oh, it was a tough game. It was a tough game. You know, the Rams took the lead. In the fourth quarter by uh, Kenton Appel, he returned a missed field goal all the way back to the house for a touchdown in which was the very first time in U of R Rams history that that has happened, by the way. That was some history we witnessed on Saturday afternoon at Mosaic. But, uh, hey, still wasn't enough. The Manitoba Bisons, they have a really good quarterback, Jackson Tashinsky. He can uh, extend plays with his legs, and, you know, he was just a little too much to handle for the Rams, and ultimately Rams lost the game 41-34, to the final score, and and with the loss, mathematically, now the Rams are eliminated from the postseason, which is a... It's a downer. It's a downer. We're going to hear the uh, Ram Rewind before the end of the show. We'll also hear from uh, Scott McCauley, the coach of the Regina Thunder, as they advance to the PFC Championship to defend their crown as uh, they knocked off Edmonton 20-17 to while the Hilltops haven't lost this year. They're now 9-0, and including that playoff win on the weekend. They smoke Calgary 53-2. to So 7-2 and Regina, 9-0 and uh, Saskatoon Hilltops. The only two losses by the uh, Thunder at the hands of the Hilltops. 36-6 here, 18 10 there. Uh, it's going to be a real slobber knocker 1 o'clock Sunday in Saskatoon. If I think you it was 19 19-10, sorry. Either were. They didn't give up a touchdown. Yeah. If you uh, can drive up there and watch that game, it's going to be great. Uh, NHL right now, Red Wings leading the Blue Jackets 1-0. Leafs and Blackhawks with Connor Bedard. First trip into Toronto. They are scoreless. Panthers at Devils. Panthers leading 1-0. Flames, a goal by Adam Ruzicka. I think is how you say it. 1-0. They lead the Capitals. And the Rangers and Coyotes are scoreless. Major League Baseball, it was 5-1 for Houston. It's now in the top of the ninth. 5-4. Sorry, 5-1 for Texas. It's now 5-4 for Texas in the top of the ninth inning in Houston at Minute Maid Park. I think they still call it that, Minute Maid Park. It's funny. Mm. They haven't changed that name um, after all these years. Not saying they should, but these stadiums change names. Anyway. Uh, Sticking with the orange juice. Yeah, there's one on <laughs> with nobody out for 
uh, Texas Rangers looking to go up uh, two games tonight on that best of seven ALCS. Game one between the Diamondbacks and Phillies gets going tonight. And there's Monday Night Football, the Chajas, home to the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment here on 620 CKRM.